Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Into the Fire, where every single week we are just trying to uh, cover hot topics and clear some of the smoke away from uh, those really hot fires and maybe burning an organization. But, Absolutely. Uh, here with uh, my man, star of the show, I guess. I don't know. You're just <laughs> Rob Reed, everybody. Yeah. You know who this guy is right now. If you're following him on LinkedIn, if you're mm. not, follow him on LinkedIn. Follow him on Twitter, Instagram. Follow Bison Fire Protection on Facebook, and uh, you'll see the updates and all the little golden nuggets of knowledge that uh, Rob uh, shares with us every single day. I mean, I, I personally, I love it. Uh, it's 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 great. Number one, seeing such good education from you, consistency in content. It's tough to right. do that. So kudos to you for keeping that up, man. Well, you know what, and I've really been enjoying uh, the, the show, working yeah. with you, Ryan, of course. But, you know, the, the feedback that I've been getting, the messages, you know, I've had people that I've never met sending me direct messages on LinkedIn cool telling, you know, how much they are enjoying the show and what they're getting from it. And I just love the opportunity to have those interactions outside of what we're doing right here and share some of that knowledge. I mean, because I've always said the school of hard knocks is always open for business. <laughs> and I'm thinking I've gone from school to university because <laughs> the knocks keep coming. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, it's just great to be able to share what I've learned and, you know, hopefully get some feedback from people yeah. so that I can continue to learn. Agreed. And that's the cool thing yeah. about doing the shows is that, um, you know, when we're out in public and people recognize you and they see you, it's just approach, approach Rob. Like he's an approachable guy, right? Approachable yeah, absolutely. Guy. Yeah. I yeah. So, right. But anyways, let them know what you think about the show. Let them know mm-hmm. if there's certain topics that you want him to cover. Let them know if there's certain challenges in your organization that, you know, you want him to dig deeper into or to talk mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. Um, things yep. that he wants to post to the community, ask questions about. But in any case, this thing is so much more enjoyable when you get to interact with people. A hundred percent. Yeah. You so bet you it is. Today, uh, maybe we'll interact with some folks about uh, today's topic because okay. today's topic is all about micromanagement versus blind trust. And, yeah. you know, managers, leaders, people in companies, they can either do two things. They can either, you know, be a micromanager and really get their hands in everything and want to be a part of everything. And you know, mm-hmm. we know a lot of people like that. I'm sure you do. Yeah, I'm sure um, everybody does. Yeah. And then we have on the other side of the spectrum, people who blindly trust where they give mm-hmm. too much trust to folks. Uh, and then there's problems associated with that. So micromanagement, blind trust, where do you fall on that spectrum, my man? You know what? If I was to take a good hard look at myself, I'm going to say that I probably fall more towards the blind trust mm. side of things where, you know, you put people in place, you trust them to do their jobs. And, and you know, some lessons learned over the years mm. is to, um, one of the managers here says all the time, trust but verify. Mm. And that is such a an important thing and a lesson that I've learned in some cases the hard way because, you know, I'm not a micromanager. You can ask anybody here. I'm not the one that's sitting on their doorstep saying, have you got this project done? Where is this? Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, You know, all that. I'm falling more to the, okay, I give you a task, Mm -hmm. go get her done. And then I continue on with the next Mm -hmm. task that I have for myself. And I almost need to sometimes check in a little more often, right? you know, and, and I've gotten better at finding the balance in both because I don't want to be the guy that's in the room yes. going, where is this? Or firing the email. How come, you know, across, where is this project? How come it's not done yet? Yeah. Now you got to also hold people to a, a goal and a time, Yeah, but that's one thing. Correct. It's another thing asking them about it 15 times in that time period. Yeah. That's, you know, I love the, the honesty and the fact that you, have said you blindly trust, and that's gotten you into trouble sometimes. It has. Like, Absolutely, it has. Like if you're comfortable talking about it, like what kind of trouble does blindly trusting get, get somebody into? If, they, if they, they trust too much, and they put so much trust in people, and they kind of just let them go, 
you know, you're essentially hoping that they hold themselves accountable, that they're working on stuff, but sometimes it doesn't go that way. So if you're comfortable Mm -hmm. talking about maybe some of the things that could go wrong, that'd be Mm -hmm. great. Maybe from your own experience. I'm going to say, you know, one of the biggest mistakes, problems that I've run into is, again, I've tasked somebody to do something. And then I get back out there and, you know, I'm meeting with the the people networking, trying to grow the business. And what I don't see happening because I'm trusting them to do their job Mm -hmm. is things are starting to crumble a little bit behind. Uh, Right. And then you got to turn around and go, well, we started this project six months ago. Why isn't it done yet? Right. Right. Or how come when we put this in place, it fell apart? And, you know, so all that building and all that uh, process needs to be in place. And yes, you know, again, lessons learned the hard way over, over, you know, 20 years in business almost here Mm -hmm. uh, to check in, Mm. right? Make sure that these things are being done. And, you know, and it's funny. uh, I mean, this happened not that long Mm -hmm. ago in the last couple of years. And, you know, the couple of the managers said, you know, why did you allow that to happen? Mm. And I mean, you both, you know, in a couple of cases, both of them said, you don't have to answer if you don't want to, you don't have to, you don't know. I said, no, I mean, if I'm asking you to be honest with me, I got to be honest with you. Yeah. If we're going to trust each other, I've got to answer this. And, you know, I said, you know, honesty for myself, it was a blind spot. Mm-hmm. We all have our blind spots, Ryan. And uh, mm-hmm. in this particular case, my blind spot was the fact that when I hire someone to do it, I trust them to do it. And I wasn't trust but verify. Right. Which was, like I say, a fantastic line that one of my managers uses yeah. all the time. And I've adopted the the, the, the line, mm-hmm. but I'd already picked up the behavior prior to that. That's right. I think that one of the things you mentioned, which I think is very important, is that a lot of leaders, managers, they think they got to know it all. They mm-hmm. think they got to be the best. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's... We, we, we want to always strive our hardest to be the best at whatever it is we're doing. Try to be the best in our role, mm-hmm. try to be the best in a company. But in our desire to be the best, it raises up our ego. Mm-hmm. So for yourself, being able to say, like, I blindly trust, which means that I got to bring in people who are maybe really strong managers. Right. Right. Who can maybe balance out the culture and the organization. Because if it was just you and you were blindly trusting people... Maybe some things will fall off the rate or some mm-hmm. some things will fall off the, the conveyor belt. Absolutely. Right? So you have to yeah. bring in a manager who maybe can balance you out a little bit, which I think right. you've done. Yeah. Right? We have great managers in, in buys and fire protection who, you know, are, are great at motivating the people, are great at, you know, verifying a lot of folks. You know what, Ryan? And, and you make a, a good point of bringing in. And, and you know what? We brought in one or two. But the bigger thing that we've done is spending the time developing the people that are here, mm. making them better managers. Yeah. Focused on that Good part point. because, you know what, I, every time you bring in someone new, what's that going to do to your culture? How does it shake up? So you got to be very, very careful about who you're bringing into your company because if your response to every problem is to bring in somebody new, you're never going to solve your problems. In fact, no. you might make them worse. But if you take the time to invest in your people, bring them up, Teach them to be better managers, mm. better supervisors, just better technicians. Uh, again, I've talked about training in the past, yeah. but work with these people. Yeah. They're your family. Yeah. They're your your team. Like Invest in the people you have. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, there are going to be people that sometimes just don't want to come up with you. Of course. Live with that. Yeah. You know, make your choices. Try to bring them along. You know, we've talked about in you know, previous episodes, if you've mm. got someone toxic, yes, you got to make that decision. Yeah. But... Invest in your people because if your answer every time is to go outside and get somebody new, what kind of again, message does that send? Well, you know, what kind of manager, what kind of leader are you? Exactly. Because you haven't been able to lead your people because you have to keep going out. That's right. I agree. Very simple. 
investing in yourself, mm-hmm. right? Self-actualization, always focusing on trying to improve yourself, uh, picking up new knowledge, new traits, being hungry for, for new mm-hmm. information. We talked about this on a previous episode, always being curious. Mm-hmm. You know, how can I, asking better questions, how can I be a better manager? How can mm-hmm. I trust while holding my people accountable? Mm-hmm. What information do I need to have? And investing in that, in your people is critical. And you've talked about this where, you know, I want to teach my, my, my managers, my people to be managers. So I want to teach them about the importance of accountability, the importance of conflict, the importance mm-hmm. of trust. And last episode, we talked about this mm-hmm. where yeah. it was all about Patrick Lencioni's five dysfunctions of a team. And we continue to mention that because mm-hmm. it's a common theme here yeah. at Bison. And for us, it's about training people. It's about bringing in good people um, to, con- to continue to add to the team mm-hmm. and about balancing each other out, right? So that we are holding ourselves accountable. And I think that in, in our desire to grow the strongest company possible, we really need to create like an army of people mm-hmm. who believe in the same thing. Right. But to go back to what we were talking about earlier, which is blind trust and micromanagement, what happens if in our desire to grow a strong company, we have people who are micromanaging? I'm sure you've seen that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What, have. what happens if someone's micromanaging their team? Well, you know what? Uh, before we even get into that, yeah, you sure. know, kind of, uh, you you made a, a number of great comments there, but from a CEO, manager, supervisor point of view, what people have to really develop within themselves is self awareness. Uh, you know what? You got to start finding, you know, where are your strengths and recognize them. Mm. Find your weaknesses, mm. recognize them, you know, and if you have a weakness, Find a way of backfilling it, yeah. right? And if you have a strength, find a way of making it stronger. Yeah, you know, double down on it. Absolutely. Yeah. But you know, to get back to your question here now, um, you know, what does a micromanager do to a team? Mm-hmm. Well, do you have trust? You're not building trust with a team if a guy's micromanaging. Good point. Uh, secondly, how are they able to bring their team forward? How does your manager, your supervisor, the staff member grow as an employee? How do they grow as a person if you are in the way? Because mm-hmm. you're in the way. You're mm-hmm. not allowing them to do their job, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If they're doing their job, if you're allowing it, if you're letting them make mistakes, correcting them, I mean, you're not letting yep. them run wild you know, with the mistakes, but you got to make mm-hmm. sure that uh, you know everyone learns from a little bit of pain here and there. So, um, you know, we, we have to go through that and let them go through it. Yeah. And if they're good people, they'll go, oh, oops. Yeah. You know what I mean? They'll come to you. If you've yeah. built the trust factor, mm-hmm. they'll come to you and say, I've made a mistake. But if you're micromanaging, mm. you're telling them you don't trust them. You don't think they can do the job. Mm-hmm. Right. You're stifling your business from going forward. 100% stifling your company. There's a lot of CEOs out there. A lot of them mm-hmm. um, who micromanage a little too much. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is that they believe that it's it's my company. Yep. <clears throat> I built this company. I know it's best. I know the industry the best. I know my clients the best. Mm-hmm. I know, I know, I know, I know. Mm-hmm. And I've yep. worked with a lot of them. And I love them all because they, they all love their companies and they want to do their best. And at the end of the day, we're all trying to do our best. None of us wake up first thing in the morning saying like, how can I make someone's life miserable? We're all just trying to do our best, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, maybe there are people yeah. like that. I don't know. If they <laughs> yeah. are, stay the heck away yeah, from yeah, me. Yeah, but, know, yeah. But... There's a lot of CEOs out there who micromanage, and I never realized this because I know that there's a lot of micromanagers, but I never realized this. But it always just comes down to the fact that, as you said, they just don't trust their employees mm-hmm. to do a good enough job. Mm-hmm. If I were to ask these CEOs, do you trust your people? They would say yes, but your actions say something completely different. Right, absolutely. So is it just as simple to say like micromanagers 
don't necessarily trust their people to do the job correctly? I don't think it's as simple as that. I don't mm. know that, you know, like you said earlier, people aren't setting out yeah. to be that way. Um, but, you know, and I've said this in a pri- prior episode as well, people have to be able to fire themselves from their previous job, mm. right? So how do you move up? How do I promote a manager? And I've had this conversation with my guys and, mm. and the ladies here and said, uh, you know, how can I move you up? If you can't backfill your role, mm. well, they can't move up if I'm micromanaging and preventing them from moving up. Right. Right. You know what I mean? They need to be able to grow. And part of the growth, as I said before, is making a few mistakes. Now, yeah. nothing catastrophic, mm-hmm. but they're going to make a few mistakes here and there. And you've got to allow it, yeah. you know, and they have to have the trust of when they've made the mistake coming into your office and having that chit chat with you. Uh, and this is actually a really good conversation. Uh, this happened the other day. Uh, one of my managers came in and said, uh, you know what? One of the um, ladies in, in uh, admin mm-hmm. came to him and said, you know what? We've had a problem. I made this little mistake. Mm. And to her mind, it was a big mistake. <laughs> but she sat down with him, walked through what happened, why it happened. And he said, okay, yeah, that's not a big deal. Mm. This is how we fix it. This is what we go on. And he said to me, you know, honestly, it wasn't that big a problem. And he didn't make her feel bad about having made the mistake. Love that. And I said to him, you know what you've done here? You've allowed her to come back to you next time. Yes. You've taught that's her right. that when she had a problem, she could bring it forward, which she very comfortably did. Mm-hmm. And instead of being given shit for what she's done. Yeah. She was given uh, support. Yes, yes. So when something happens again, she's not going to try and hide it. That's right. You know, and oh, how powerful beautiful. is that? Oh, so powerful. And it's, we have to check ourselves, man. Like, it's easy to want to, um, to want to uh, give somebody heck because they, they did something wrong. And I, I always think that that is sometimes the natural response to people where if I screwed up, it's like, oh, why'd you screw up? And the reason I know that is because I, I've, I, I, I work in a lot of different organizations and I see that. Mm-hmm. Um, but having that ability to, to have that trust, to want to facilitate learning in every mm-hmm. opportunity, I think that's, that's quite, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not advanced, but it's, it's, it's a sign of maturity, mm-hmm. of, of maturity yeah. in the business, of, of comfort with who you are and, and knowing that what you're trying to do is not make them feel bad, mm-hmm. but keeping that in mind to say, this is a learning opportunity. Well, I think we're almost conditioned, you know, from, from a young age that when we do something wrong, yeah, you know, what? we're, we're going to get in trouble for it. That is true. Right. Yeah. And, and that carries through from, from being a child all the way through to your, you know, teens and, and into the business world that, you know what, you've learned that every time you've made a mistake, mm-hmm. you're getting in trouble. Mm-hmm. So it takes, like you say, a certain level of maturity to do two things. One, bring it forward. Yeah. But secondly, uh, from a manager supervisor point of view, a level of maturity yeah. to not have that knee jerk reaction and go, you know what, you just, you know, and, and mm-hmm. give it to them, sit down and say, well, what happened and why? Yeah. Okay. What did we learn from it? How do we fix it? Yeah. Right. You know, don't b- bring me your problems after. Of course. You know, or don't hide it from me because yeah. I can't help you. What a great way to build trust, though, mm-hmm. with your employees. Yeah. Knowing that you don't have to ever be scared. If you make a mistake, I don't have to be scared of coming to to you and saying, listen, like, Rob, I, I made this mistake and, uh, you know, here's what I did. You know, I'm not too sure how to correct it. You know, I figured I'd, I'd let you know and maybe we could figure it out together. Mm-hmm. Collaboration. Like, wow. trust. Like, that's powerful as opposed to me sitting here anxious saying oh i made a mistake i'm 
Okay. But he got in so much trouble, and and then you got to find out on your mm-hmm. own, and you find out, and you're like, Ryan, how come you didn't find out about this? Yeah. Like then then you're a little upset because you're just like, well, I had to find this out on my own. Yeah. But you know what though? It's it goes both ways. Yeah. If and I don't if I don't trust, if I don't feel that level of comfort, I'm not coming to you. Yeah. Right. And so how could we have gotten in front of it earlier? Yes. Right. Yeah. And it's a, a small problem would have remained a small problem, but now it's a big problem because it right. festered. That's right. You know. But if we're gonna sit here and talk team, right? Truly talk team then we have to be able to sit back and live it. And live it is being able to have the trust. Living it is being able to have the good conflict. Mm -hmm. We've talked about that. You know, uh, living it is having the commitment to fixing it, having the commitment Mm -hmm. to work with your staff. You know, if you're doing all those sort of things, Mm -hmm. you know what? We're moving the team forward and we're doing it positively. That's right. We're not hampering people or creating a, a fear and again, the fear coming from micromanagement, mm. you know, bringing it back to micromanaging, you know, if, if you know your boss is micromanaging, you're afraid to take steps because you know you're going to get in trouble. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Talk about, again, hampering the team. But from a CEO's point of view, mm. okay, if I'm micromanaging every one of my people, am I out front looking for new opportunities? Mm. Right? Nope. Am yeah. I am I being visionary? It's a good point, right? That's am a very I, good point. What am I doing for my oh, team? That's such what a good am point. I bringing to the company? Ah, that's such a good point because there's a lot of CEOs. Like I said, I know there's a lot of CEOs. Mm. Some of you are probably watching this. Yeah. Um, you micromanage too much. You guys are crazy micromanagers, and while you think you're doing a good job micromanaging your employees, you're actually doing a really bad job of being a CEO. Because it's your job to be the visionary. It's your job mm-hmm. to set the vision. It's your job, as we say, to have the overarching view of the company to realize problems that are going on, to mm-hmm. be an overarching problem solver. But you don't have the ability to do that if you're micromanaging mm-hmm. so many people. Instead, right. you're just in the weeds with people when you need to be in the clouds, clouds and dirt. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to be both in the clouds and in the dirt at the mm-hmm. same time. Right. Um, but far too many uh, CEOs are they're covered in dirt, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, absolutely. I mean, there are critical things a CEO should be doing. First one, of course, managing finances, not managing, but observing, checking in, making sure that your your finances are in good shape. Mm-hmm. You need to be building and developing the culture. Mm. You need to be growing your people. And what I mean by growing your people is growing their skills, mm. right? Not growing your staff. I mean, taking it from 50 to 100. Right. That's, that's two different things. But growing your people, we talked about it earlier this episode. That's right. You know, the other thing, what is your vision, mm. right? You've got to be bringing a vision. You've got to be looking for opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. And not every opportunity is a yes. Mm-hmm. But if you're not looking for anything, you know, even the ones that you would have said no to, right? what are you doing? What are you, what are you doing for your team? That's right. You've stagnated the entire operation. You know what's funny? I, I kind of want to talk about this because it's interesting, but I find personally that micromanaging CEOs who micromanage, mm-hmm. I believe they do it out of fear. I would agree. And the reason yeah. they do it out of fear is, is twofold. Number one, because they fear that their people are going to make a mistake, which could open them up to risk in business. Mm-hmm. But the second one is fear that they don't know what to do to grow their company. And that could be a little bit controversial, but I've noticed this a lot. And I see mm-hmm. a habit. And the fact that they, they, they feel comfortable working in the weeds mm-hmm. and working on these minor things when they need to be working on these major things, such as vision. Um, where are we going to contribute in the community? How do I build my brand? Um, how do I solve these big problems in the company, this interdepartmental mm-hmm. conflict? What do I do? How do I level up? Well, those are all hard things that require me to take a deep look inside mm-hmm. and, and, and say, like, how do I improve? 
But instead, it's much easier for me to be to go in and say, well, let me tinker with this proposal a little bit. And mm-hmm. let me show you how this is done in the kitchen. And let me show you how this is done. CEOs who major in minor things don't focus on getting the big stuff done. You're right. And and I've said this before. You have to be comfortable with firing yourself. To, right? Uh, and the transitions. To. We've talked about, uh, you know, a technician becoming a supervisor. Mm. And how difficult that transition is because oh. it's a different mindset. Absolutely. Right? Or the, the supervisor transitioning to a, a managerial, uh, that managerial type of role. Yeah. Because, again, that's a big transition. And it's I've watched people... So many times they struggle with this and they struggle with it because they haven't fired themselves from the previous role. Mm -hmm. And part of going forward, exactly what you said, they are afraid of what they don't know going forward. Mm -hmm. They have to be able to trust now a new group of people, Mm -hmm. a new team that they're on that will help them get through that. And I'm going to say it's the same thing for a CEO. Mm. Because you're transitioning again from the smaller company, you've done everything to mid-sized company mm. where you got three or four managers, you, you know maybe more, right. you know to a large company where you've got a team of, of managers, yeah. and you have to be able to keep firing yourself from those previous roles. Mm-hmm. It's so important, and if you're not sure what to do next, guess what? Your managers are in the same boat. That's right. Now your job, of course, is to help transition them upwards. Mm-hmm. But your job is to find people that'll help you get upwards. Correct. And and you know we can talk about reading the books day in and day yep. out. But reading a book and doing it are definitely two different things. Correct. You eventually, you got to put the book down and go. Time to go uh, do. Yeah. And you got to find you either like-minded CEOs, mm-hmm. people that can support you, and start doing it. Yeah. Right. Live it. Right. If you're not living it, all it is 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 the th- theoretical part. Of course. You've mentioned this before. What was it? Um, oh, I don't remember. It was from a previous episode. It was something about the the chef and the cookbook, or yeah. Well, it's yeah. It's one thing to read the cookbook. It's another thing to be a chef. Exactly. That's you know? exactly what it comes down to. Yeah. Very right? simple. You got to cook. You got to mm-hmm. cook in order to understand mm-hmm. the recipe. I can sit there and read the recipe all I want, but you got to actually do it. Mm-hmm. And that's how you learn from experience. Yeah. You know, it's 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 one of those things where um, I think a great takeaway, and we don't really pre-plan these shows. We like to just have a very flowing conversation, a good dialogue. Yeah, but something yeah. that I would really love to almost codify and figure out, maybe something that we can incorporate here in Bison, is how do we increase self-awareness of all of us, so mm-hmm. that we're self-aware of whether or not we're micromanaging, self-aware of whether or not we're 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 we're, we're putting blind trust in people, and how do we ensure that we are being self-aware of ourselves to make sure that we're doing the best job possible. Like what questions would I ask myself at the end of the day to ensure that I did the best job possible? Well, um, there's a number of ways to answer this, but I'm going to tell you what I've been doing over the last while. And Mm. I've talked about this uh, at every one of our management meetings. There's a number of things that we do, but I always come in with a question, Mm. right? Uh, It's usually, you know, something, you know, business related is it a, you know, but related to their, to themselves, you know, uh, mm-hmm. interesting. The last question I asked at the last manager's meeting, name three people living or dead that you would love to have dinner with. Interesting. Right? Hmm. And so each manager had to do, you know, come back with three people mm-hmm. that they wanted to spend time with, have dinner with. And it was so interesting as we get to know each other, how many people talked about their ancestors, oh. their own personal family tree, wow. and how invested they were in their family. Wow. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them, you know, talked about different characters from history that they wanted to talk, you know, meet with, or even somebody currently living that uh, they want right. to spend some time with. Hmm. But what what happens from that? Why do I do that? Hmm. It's really simple. 
it allows us to get to know each other mm. because the better the answer, the more they trust each other, the better the answer we get right. because they're exposing themselves. That's right. Right? Oh. They're, they're, they're showing a piece of their heart. Interesting. Now, how does a team work together? When mm. we become people together, uh-huh. when we're not a, just a coworker that nine to fives it, when we truly know that, you know, this, this particular guy has a Scottish heritage mm. and his heritage is important to him. Hmm. Right. Or this particular guy has this heritage or he has this interest. The other question I ask every meeting without fail, what are you grateful for? Oh, interesting. And I can tell you that when we first started this, it was, you know, I got very bland answers because yeah, the, the, sure. the team didn't know each other. Yeah. Right. And they didn't trust each other. Hmm. But as that came in and now I get some really, really incredible answers like what am i grateful for today and i asked them you know actually just a few weeks ago guys why am i asking this question Hmm. and a couple of them still shrugged their shoulders and i said because no matter what happens in your day no matter how bad things are going no matter how terrible your day happens to be there's always something always something to be grateful for and that is so important to make sure that you recognize that there are always things to take some joy from and to be grateful for. Take that time to think about that. But as we do it, the team learns and grows and we've become people. We've become friends. And that doesn't mean that we spend every waking hour outside of work together, but we've gone from coworkers to people that know each other and respect each other. Man, I uh, I, kind of had some epiphanies there. I thought it was really cool because a few points that you mentioned there um, really re- resonated with me as a marketing guy. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this marketing yeah. philosophy. Marketing is so complex and we make it so hard, but in the end, marketing is so simple. It comes down to some of the three things at the very beginning when you're mm-hmm. building a brand. No like trust. Yeah. No like trust works on the outside, but just as you've identified, it works on the inside. It right? has you're, to. You're, you're, you're talking about people knowing each other, and as we know each other, we trust each other. Well, as we know each other, we start to like one another. We start to get along with one another. Yeah, I'd have a beer with this person. I'd have a glass of wine with this person. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No like trust works externally, but it works internally. We need to do that internally. And by mm-hmm. you asking those questions, it makes us more aware of of ourselves because it, it's forcing us to take a deep look inside ourselves and who am I? What do I like? What do I not like? Mm-hmm. What am I grateful for? All these questions. The more mm-hmm. questions you ask about yourself, the better you get to know yourself, but the better we get to know everyone else. Right. So asking great questions of your team enables them to think deeply about themselves, but about them knowing others. And I think right. that's such a great takeaway, man. I love well, that. It has been huge in bringing a team together. The other interesting part about this is, you know, we recently just hired an, another uh, person to the management team and we were ha- we were just having this talk last week. I just, uh, I love my staff because they're such a fountain of material <laughs> for me for the show. <laughs> but um, we, we got talking about that a little bit and he said, one of the reasons that I was attracted to the company is because of what I see online, mm-hmm. the image, the discussions, what you guys talk about and, and all mm-hmm. the different things that we're putting out there all the time. And I said, now that you've been with us for a short amount of time, do you believe that we're living it or do you believe it's just a bunch of internet hype? Mm. And he looked at me and he says, no, we absolutely live it. Love it, man. Because it. he's in the meetings, he's hearing us talking yeah. about it. It's not a bunch of, like I say, of internet hype. Hell yeah. you know, it's, And that's important. That's the thing that I, I, I've always pushed is that we're authentic. 
Mm-hmm. Because there's nothing worse than doing a show and talking about all this stuff and being like, oh, you know, they're all believing accountability and culture and trust. And, oh, sounds like a great place. And they come inside and it's just like, oh, it's like taking a bite out of this like nice red shiny apple biting into it and it's rotten in the middle. It's yeah. like, oh, well, this isn't what it appears to be at all. Mm-hmm. But it's it's about living it and, breathe, and breathing it. Authenticity is so key. Yeah, it oh, I is. love that. Absolutely. Love and that. anyone can do it. Yeah, anybody. Anyone can do it. But you got to, you know, at one point, like I said before, put down the book. Mm-hmm. And start doing the walk. Yes. Walk in the talk. That is so important. Man, such a great conversation, man. Seriously, I, yeah. we could sit here forever. We try to time cap these to like 20 minutes to 30 minutes. But uh, our stage manager here, Tanya, she's she's getting hard on us. She's telling us, yeah. we gotta got to wrap yeah, it up, guys. Wrap, it, wrap up, it up, yeah. She wants to go for breakfast. <laughs> ah, she does, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, everybody, again, for uh, joining us on this week's episode of Into the Fire. Again, if you have any comments, please uh, engage with us mm-hmm. online. Yeah, uh, follow do. Rob Reed on Instagram, on LinkedIn, follow Bison Fire Protection on uh, Facebook, follow Rob on Twitter, and engage with him. Let him know what mm-hmm. you think about this episode, what you think about micromanagement, what you yeah. think about trust, about anything that we've talked about here. Make sure that you're sharing your opinion because mm-hmm. we love to see that. We, we love do. to see the engagement. Absolutely. And if you see him you know, in public walking around or doing some grocery shopping, let him know that you saw him on the show. I yeah. think that's uh, it's always good to uh, to connect with people in our community. And that's you know, what I always enjoy those little conversations. You know, it's usually only a minute or two that you know we we chat. You know, because everyone's got somewhere they're going anyway. Absolutely. But I've had people walk up to me in a coffee shop and, hey, I saw what you did the other day, and you know, I really loved that. Yeah. You know, it's, um, nice. it's just so fantastic. You know, it makes me feel great. But you know, like I said, a little ego boost that you know someone's watching and yeah. enjoying. <laughs> but the fact is, you know, honestly, Ryan. That we've made their world a better place. Mm. You know what? We've made it a safer place because they've learned something from what we're doing and they're enjoying it. You got it. You know, so I, what you're saying there, I 100% agree. If you see me, stop me, say hello. I love to chat about this stuff with anybody, you know, or jump online. You know, again, I don't mind answering the messages. I really don't. And challenge, 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 Rob. Challenge him on some of his perspectives because, um, you you are a sponge. You love to learn. And if there's experts out there, people who know better on something, let them know. Send them a message on on, on LinkedIn. DM him and, and let him know. And uh, we'll, we'll definitely cover certain topics or cover certain things that you bring up on the show. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's, yeah. a, it's a two-way dialogue here. It but sure is. In any case, yeah. thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of Into the Fire, where every single week we're just covering hot topics and trying to clear the smoke away to find some clarity. In any case, uh, we'll do this again next week then. You betcha. We'll right see on. you all next week. Take care.